episode number 32, how to manage and reduce your freight expense. Welcome to CEO Terrain Maker, a practical small business educational podcast designed to increase an owner's executive skills, raise profits, and achieve long-term sustainability. And now your host, Gene Valdez. I've had several clients come up to me and say, hey, Gene, how do you increase profits? And I say, there's three ways to do it. Number one is you can increase sales and keep your expenses the same. Number two, you can do the reverse. You can keep your sales the same and reduce expenses. And number three, you can increase your sales and decrease your expenses at the same time, which is extremely difficult to do. And matter of fact, number one and number two are no walk in the park either when you consider the impact of competition and the general rise in business operating costs. This week's episode will focus on the management and reduction of a key expense, freight, F-R-E-I-G-H-T, which as many of you know, is what it costs you to transport your goods into the hands of your customers. My expert guest is Mike Blair, who has over 32 years experience in the small parcel industry. I find that very hard to believe because if you see Mike, he looks like he's about 30. So I don't know how he does it. Mike spent 16 years at UPS in various operation and sales positions. In addition, he has 13 years behind his belt in third-party full-service logistics management and four years as a private consultant. Mike is currently the Director of Consulting Services with The Ship Science, a company which is based in Northern California. And I am grateful he is able to carve out time from his schedule to be a guest on CDO or Rainmaker. He knows his stuff. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up for Mike Blair. What's up, Freight Guru? How are you? I'm doing great, Gene. How are you doing? Thank you for the time. You got it, man. So, Mike, let's start with a basic question. How large, in terms of dollars, is the U.S. commercial freight industry, and who are the main players? The the U.S. freight market right now is sized at about $750 billion. Oh, that's all. That's all. (laughs) Just a little $750 billion. Wow. And the main players are, I'm just guessing, maybe FedEx is one of them? Well, of that 750, about 200 billion is split roughly equally between UPS and FedEx across their various enterprises, small parcel included, but all of their services. So 200 billion of that. And this would include all businesses, small, privately owned, large, publicly owned, et cetera. Yes. That's all forms of transportation, whether it's by rail, whether it's by truck, whether it's by ship, whether it's by an individual, or there are sub pockets in there. Yeah. So UPS and FedEx, both in their, we'll call it respective $100 billion portions of business, are predominantly small parcel, probably $65 billion-ish each. 
of their total, but they then also perform full service functions for clients, whether it's warehousing or trucking management or rail or all of those different modes. But they are still both predominantly small parcel providers in their, again, respective $100 billion portions of business in the marketplace. So they're the big players. I'm hoping you can shed some light for the listeners and myself. So I read in your bio, there was a question that was in there and it said, who should manage your business owner's freight expense? What do you mean by that, Mike? So all products have freight expense borne in them, whether it is visible or not, is then up to that business owner, right, to manage. So you are, I, you are paying for freight. The chair you're sitting on to the microphone you're speaking into, the computers we're logged into, all have freight borne into those costs of goods. All of those uh, companies that manage the laptops or, or build the microphone you're speaking into manage their freight expense. Now, when we buy something from Amazon, Amazon's managing its freight expense. We don't quite, from the consumer perspective, have the ability to manage that particular freight expense. But in speaking and listening to many of your podcasts with business owners that are managing, you know, that have uh, uh, products to be shipped or received, there's going to have, there's going to be freight expense in those transactions. That's where then the importance of managing your freight expense becomes important. Would you say, though, that the average business owner has the expertise to do that? I mean, do they know all the nuances? I mean, I could never do that if I was a big company shipping out parcels all the time. Yeah, great question. And it becomes more complex by the day. Hence the reason for companies like Ship Science that uh, we bring that subject matter expertise to clients at a very low cost uh, entry point to help them manage their transportation. First of all, the, the key is to get visibility, is to see what your transportation is doing, what service, what are the costs associated, is to get visibility because you can't manage what you can't measure, right? So if you don't even know what your freight expense is, like let's say it's inbound goods and you're just paying it in cost of goods on an invoice, then you really don't know what your freight expense is. So that's also part of the journey we take clients on is helping them understand that freight is everywhere and you are either managing it or somebody else is, right? And then we help them uh, get control of it through, it all starts with visibility, right? And then you can start to openly negotiate with carriers and set your own custom contracts, et cetera. All starts with visibility. I gotcha. So in uh, caveman language, if I am a owner, I might want to outsource the analysis of my current freight arrangement with a professional such as yourself who can say, you know, this is what you're doing, but you could do it this way or you could do it that way. That's an option. And then I go, aha, how come no one ever told me that? That's exactly right. You've, you've nailed it. Most organizations, freight is an afterthought. And so the carriers tend to dictate the rules of engagement and just pass along rate increases and customers just absorb them because they're busy growing or managing their business. As you started off, you know, businesses are either on in a growth mode 
or they're in a maturation or they're in decline, any of those three phases of business, there are still costs and expenses to be managed. Freight is one. And in all portions of that business life cycle, freight is and can be mission critical, all dependent on cost of goods being sold. But freight should always be managed. Gotcha. So maybe this is a nice segue into my next question, Mike. Is freight or more specifically small parcel, is that negotiable? Or do they got us by the you know what? <laughs> right. Great question. Gene, you and I have been in business a long time in the business world. Everything is negotiable. I love that. So it is. It is. You just got to know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. Okay. So let me ask you more of a educational question. For the benefit of my listeners, what would you say, Mike, is the basics of understanding the calculation of your business freight expense if you're a business owner? What are just the basics without getting in too, too scientific? Right. The, the basics, you know, as we were saying, you know, as we were speaking earlier, the basics start with one key thing, and that's visibility, is having visibility to what your freight expense is, regardless of mode. So that's basic number one, at least know what it is. Yes. But many times it's buried though, right? Exactly. If it's buried in cost of goods, it's then that's more complicated, but it's doable is to unwind with vendors you're purchasing from and changing your purchasing strategy to bid with and without freight. Most organizations you purchase from will allow that conversation. And then that lets you go through the analysis of whether you would benefit from managing your freight or not. Gotcha. Okay. So I also read that you had a hypothetical question in your bio is how do I test if my negotiated rates with my vendors free rate rates? What did you mean by that? Just explain that, that statement. You bet. That uh, sort of ties to the statement I said before. So many times when companies purchase goods, whether raw goods or finished goods, right? Organization you're purchasing from says, if you buy at a certain volume or dollar amount, your freight is free. We'll ship it to you for free. Okay. Well, it's critical point there is the understanding that nothing moves for free. So that would mean that the freight is, is, you know, buried in that cost of goods, right? Right, right, right. That's where you then make that next move is when purchasing those goods, whether small quantity or large quantity, is to say, I want to purchase those goods. I want to know the cost of goods if I pay for the freight or cost of goods if you're paying for the freight, regardless of purchasing level or factoring purchasing level. That then lets you see if there's trigger points that the vendor might be treating you correctly. And technically, it's not free because they're paying for it, but that they have the leverage that lets them buy at a better rate than you could maybe as a smaller shipper. Or it exposes the opportunity and takes the burden from them to pay the carrier and bury the freight into cost of goods. It lets them be released of that burden and you pay for the freight. So it lets that conversation happen. Okay. So one of the hallmarks of capitalism is free enterprise and for profits, uh, there's competition. 
So how often should a business owner analyze or renegotiate their rates and what frequency? Because I know sometimes you just get lazy, like we all know maybe we should shop our insurance, but we don't. And then it just kind of goes on and on and on and on and on. on. So what is your take on that? Is it worth analyzing every year, every two years? You should make it a, a, you know, a habit. What? Yeah, that's a great question. And so, again, having been in this space a very long time, I will preface the answer with a, a little bit of market information. So very specifically to UPS and FedEx for 20 plus years now, they have changed their base rates and all their additional charges. So they change their rates literally every 365 days. So every every single year, year. every year they change their rates. So at a minimum, they should at least be evaluated every year, not necessarily renegotiated, but at least be evaluated to see what is that rate increase? What's that impact to my cost? But as a best practice, that's usually between two and three years at the most. The only qualifier, if you would do that sooner than a two or three year, you should never let it get outside of three years ever because there's too many rate increases that have happened. The only major qualifier is through, you know, if a company through acquisition or divestiture or new product launched or some major event within the organization or outside force, you know, that, that dynamically changes you know, the products that you ship or the products you receive, or, you know, there's some, you know, massively dynamic change because there's a rule of thumb in the marketplace that's good for everybody to know. The carriers want you to believe that if they hand you a three-year agreement, that it's only negotiable every three years. Okay. But the reality is as a shipper, they are your vendor so you are not beholden to them. They are right. They're the ones that get paid to do a job. So you could technically renegotiate rates every six months if you wanted to. Now that becomes tedious and that's quite a lot of information grind and renegotiation. And then you get negotiation fatigue, et cetera. And other things become you know more pressing within the, the business expenses to be managed, et cetera. But again, three decades plus of doing this, two to three years is the maximum that you would want an agreement to uh, go unnegotiated. Okay. Let me back up a little bit. So you said that UPS unilaterally increases their rates every year. Now, do they do that because their internal costs are rising or they'll just say, Hey, we're UPS. We can get away with it. And if they don't like it, they can go someplace else. And if they do, are there more viable options other than UPS to go to as a shipper and get equal amount of quality of, of service, if you will, and maybe lesser rate? Yeah, great question. Is, is that UPS's ego at work? That's, yeah, I'll say yes and no. I'll say, and then we'll, let me address the base portion of that question is why do they increase rates on a year over year basis? They will claim because their costs are going up. And and we all know fuel goes up, labor goes up, right? Their cost of goods go up, right? Whether it's concrete for a building or tires for the truck. 
So there is a recognition that costs go up, but the rate at which they increase their expenses on a year-over-year basis far exceeds the cost of living indexes and all of those indexes that are out there. So there's an axiom in the marketplace is, is why do they, when I say they, I mean UPS and FedEx because they operate very much in tandem, even though they are direct competitors. There's really only those two primary competitors from a national perspective. Why do they do what they do on this year-over-year rate increase? And very, uh, very bluntly, it's because they can. Yeah. So is it almost a pseudo monopoly? There is not enough competition. And so they can dictate in the market whatever they want. Or are there a lot of other smaller players who just don't get a shot because they don't have the fancy advertising budgets and the magical UPS FedEx name? Are there viable options out there for a manufacturer or wholesaler? Yes. Ship and stuff. Yes. Yeah, there are literally tens of billions of dollars worth of what they call regional carriers that are like miniature UPSs or FedExs that handle pockets of states, California, Arizona, Nevada, as an example, or Florida, Georgia, you know, in that southeast uh, portion of the country, right? There's these various competitors that are as good will pick up later, deliver earlier at, you know, 40% less on a list rate basis. But to your point of the name recognition and time in the market, maybe some of those are only five or 10 or 15 years old. So they're very established and they may be a half a billion dollar company in their particular region. But, uh, but to your point, they, they don't have the F1 you know, Ferrari sponsorship dollars or the NASCAR sponsorship dollars. I get it. I get it. I get it. They are out there. Okay. So big does not necessarily mean better or quality or value. Correct on all points. Okay. All right. So is there any other pearls of wisdom you could share with my listeners that you haven't already covered in terms of this freight space, be careful about this or watch this or do this, or have you pretty much covered it so far? I, you know, Gene, I would say the pearl of wisdom to leave with everybody would be to say that there are options. And even if it is, even if it is how to more efficiently or effectively manage a UPS versus FedEx conversation or FedEx versus UPS conversation, or are there additional options or opportunities in the marketplace? There are options. That's is just seek and you you will find. So it's, it pays to shop then. It might be tedious and cumbersome, but there is life after the two big two. Absolutely. And get subject matter expertise. That's critical because just shopping the two, there's effectiveness in putting them against each other, but it's putting them against each other in also understanding how they work in the marketplace with that subject matter expertise is critically important. You bring in a subject matter expert like you would HR or hiring or, right, you, you bring in experts for all of those other topics or even a warehouse layout and design. So why wouldn't you bring in an expert for logistics management? Absolutely. Makes perfect sense to me. Well, unfortunately, Mr. Blair, we have run out of time. So... If any of my listeners, you've struck a responsive chord with them and they want to get a hold of you and talk to you, 
or send you an email? How would they do that? I'll give you my direct phone is most effective. It's 909-725-3872. And then my email is mike at shipscience.com. All right. Well, it's been awesome, Mike. Thank you. You've been a fountain of information and thanks for the time. And we'll see you on the trail, man. Gene, appreciate it so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. So there you go, listeners. The ABCs of the freight game. Assess what you're doing now and see if you can manage this area in a more cost-productive manner. It will only help your bottom line. So I'll talk to you next week. See ya. This has been CEO to Rainmaker with Gene Valdez. To find out more, like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. If you have questions, email the show. Find that link and others in the show notes. Thanks for listening and join us again next time.